Well, beloved, I missed you when Ken and I were at the conference. <laughs> I'm glad to be back. And so today, we're actually going to continue on our Receive series. So what is it that we, we're just going to have a little refresher here. Why are we on this Receive series? And how do I know when it's going to end? I really don't know that it is or when it is going to end. Because God's heart for us is to truly receive the fullness of the presence of Christ in our lives. The fullness of the heart of the Father for us. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Resurrected life, all that he purchased for us. He paid a tremendous debt. He paid the price. The gift has been given. But it's up to each one of us to open it, to believe in all that Christ is, who he is, who he is in us. To take our eyes off the fallen world and to step up into his glory. He's here with you, beloved. He lives in you, beloved. If you are born again of the Lord Jesus Christ, His new hope is in you. And nothing is impossible with him. This is not just something that we're supposed to imagine or think about. This is something we are entitled to walk in every day. It is an inheritance. A gift purchased and given to you. Hallelujah. So that's what I, we mean when we talk about receiving the fullness of Christ, the ascended life, the open heavens life. Hallelujah. So today, I'm actually going to be reading pretty much entirely out of the Aramaic, and ushers, I failed to mention that I did make copies of the, it's out on the guest table out there, copies of the Aramaic in case you want to follow along because I can't, I don't have a way to get it up there. So you go right ahead and maybe a few ushers can go get those. We won't be actually reading that part right now. We're going to read it later. But we're going to be reading out of the Aramaic translated into English. 1 Peter 1, 3. 1 Peter 1, 3. You have been chosen, begotten again, by the resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah to the hope of life. To the hope of life. What does that mean? To the First of all, begotten again. What they're talking about there is your rebirth. Your rebirth into Jesus. All new, brand new, new power, new glory, new you. <laughs> Begotten again by the resurrection of Yeshua the Messiah to, what to? You're born into the hope of life. Yes, that means eternal life. Yes, it means that. But it doesn't just mean that. It means life here resurrected in Jesus. It means you've been translated from a kingdom of darkness into a kingdom of light. It means you have been begotten again by the suffering of Christ. He paid the price, the torment that he went through, putting you first, putting you first, willing to be brought to death, willing to go to hell. So by his suffering and then by his resurrection. And in the blood, 
the grace of God, the mercy of God, we have a whole brand new life. We have a whole brand new power. We have resurrection victory. So it is the suffering and the resurrection of Christ into the hope of life, the hope of life, new life. Debt-paying life. Devil-destroying life. From the crucifixion to the resurrection. You got it? Got the picture? And to an inheritance, an inheritance belongs to you. To an inheritance which is indestructible, undefiled, and unfading. You have an inheritance, indestructible, undefiled. That means spotless, no darkness, no blemish, unfading. Nothing can take it away from you. Prepared for you in heaven. He's prepared it for you. That doesn't mean that you have to wait to get to heaven to get it, because what, well, I'm not going to say what good would it be. It would be good but you need it now. You need it to live this life. Okay, let's get real. You need it to live this life here on earth. And it is prepared for every believer. It's actually prepared for every person Then they choose to believe, and that's when they receive it, right, as they grow. So this is our inheritance. This is our inheritance because of the suffering and the beautiful resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. So how, how in our daily lives, day to day, how in our daily lives do we walk in the fullness of all this? That's what we want to get to, right? He wouldn't give it to us if we couldn't walk in it. We can walk in it. 1 Peter 1, 2. Peter tells us that we walk into this glorious inheritance, the hope of life, by sanctification of the Spirit. Those who have been chosen, by the way, everyone's chosen, it's just a matter of whether people answer. Those who have been chosen in the prior knowledge of God, the Father, by sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience and for the sprinkling of the blood of Yeshua the Messiah. So what he's saying here is by sanctification in, of the Spirit. In yielding to the Spirit, our lives become sanctified. Jesus went away. He sent us the Holy Spirit to be our helper, our comforter, our advocate, our teacher. And through him, we walk in a sanctified life. For obedience, it says for obedience. You see, this is a Holy Spirit transformation. That's what it is. It's a Holy Spirit transformation. The Holy Spirit helps us to set ourselves apart, not by our own works, but from the world and unto Christ, living unto Christ. He's our helper. For obedience. I know people don't like that word, but it's right there in the scripture and we need to obey the word, okay? The sooner we obey the word, the happier you're going to be, <laughs> the more fulfilled. And for the sprinkling of the blood of Yeshua the Messiah, grace and peace be multiplied to you. Hallelujah. Because you receive the resurrection life, because you receive the sprinkling of the blood, you can walk in the grace and peace of God. Hallelujah. The Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit helps us, helps us crucify the flesh to be obedient to the Father. That's a sanctifying work. The finished work of the blood of Jesus. The finished work poured out so that now his life belongs to us. His ways. We grow into his image. You understand what I'm saying? The debt paying, the bondage breaking, the freedom bringing blood of the Lamb. Hallelujah. Shed for us that now covers us. 
covers the believer. So we're going to look at the word sanctified because, you know, some people think that that's a big word, that's a scary word, that's a hard word to understand. It's really not. The simplest form of sanctified is to be set apart to God, set apart unto God for his use. Just set apart to God. That's a heart thing. We want to be set apart to God, don't we? And the more we allow his love to consume us, we love him back, and we are enabled to love others. And we are enabled to basically pretty much just not want to have anything to do with sin, right? So anyway, the Holy Spirit works in us as believers, those who have chosen Jesus, to conform us into the image of God. Who here wants to walk like Jesus walked? Who here wants to have an image of themselves that they're like Jesus? And who here wants the world to see Jesus when they're walking? Right? That's an awesome place to be. So, I went through a a bunch of like theological expositions about sanctification. So I'm going to give you a few definitions to maybe help us all understand it a little better. So I'm going to read those to you. Sanctification is the work of God's free grace whereby we are renewed in the whole person. We are renewed in the whole person after the image of God. And we are enabled by his Holy Spirit to die to sin and live to righteousness. Another definition. It is a continuing change. Beloved, don't think you have to do all this in one day. Right? When you're born again, your spirit person is reborn. You're and, and create, recreated in the image of God. Now we just have a process of walking that out, of learning and yielding and allowing the fruit of the Spirit to basically grow up in our spirits. Okay? It is a continuing change worked by the Holy Spirit in us, freeing us from sinful habits and forming in us Christ-like affections. In other words, I want to please Jesus. I want to do the will of the Father. I want to have the Christ, the same affections that Christ had. I want that to be my heart. I want to have a Christ heart. Forming in us Christ-like affections, dispositions, and virtues. So this is a transformation of our hearts. That's what it is. A transformation of our hearts that sets us apart from the world, not to condemn the world, but to help. It sets us apart, growing unto God and being used for his purposes, glorifying him. It does not mean, this does not mean, don't don't condemn yourself. This does not mean that sin is you know, forever, every single sin that you're ever going to do for the rest of your life is it's totally eradicated at that moment. Now, there are major transformations, okay? So don't tell me that I'm not preaching that someone cannot be, you know, in, instantly a, a bondage broken, okay? But you shouldn't feel like a failure if a bondage is not instantly broken, okay? You see what I'm saying? It can be. An alcoholic can stop drinking immediately. A drug addict can stop, you know, A liar can stop and never, you know what I'm saying? So those bondages can be instantly broken. But if they're not, we're not supposed to condemn ourselves. We're supposed to receive the mercy and grace of God and just know that the Holy Spirit will be taking us from glory to glory in his image. So it doesn't mean, it it may not be that a sin is like instantly eradicated, but it's not just something where a sin is like being covered up. You see what I'm saying? It's not just where it's just sort of being repressed. It's the desire is gone. 
because we've supplanted it with the love of our Father, with the love of Jesus. So it is truly the crucifixion, okay? It is truly the crucifixion of the flesh, just like Jesus was crucified. When he did that, when he was crucified, when he was resurrected, he eradicated sin and its effects on us, right? So we can walk in that. We can walk where we don't desire to do that sin because we desire to please our Father. So anyway, this is a true transformation in our being, in our hearts, in our spirits, not just the appearance of one. It is destruction of the fleshly nature by the blood that was shed for us and our yielding to the Holy Spirit. Because he will always speak to you of Jesus. The Holy Spirit will always speak to you of Jesus. He will always lead you in the ways of truth. He will always lead you into the victorious, resurrected life. So we are increasingly changed from what we once were, our flesh nature, by the indwelling Holy Spirit which reveals in us our true God nature. That nature that's implanted in you when you're born again. Hallelujah. So you're born again. When you're born again, your spirit was recreated in the image of God, and now we yield to the Holy Spirit, and we allow that image to become dominant. Okay? And if you want that image, let's go to Galatians 5. And in the Aramaic, I'm going to start in 19, it says, For the works of the flesh are known. Okay? We know what they are. Which are fornication, impurity, whoredom, the worship of idols, witchcraft, hate, contention, rivalry, rage, insolence, dissensions, divisions, envy, murder, drunkenness, reveling, and all such things. Those who are committed to these things, as I said to you from the first, I say now also that they shall not inherit the kingdom of God. But the fruits of the Spirit, okay, and this is translated from the Aramaic. I'll, I'll read another one are love, joy, peace, patience, sweetness, goodness, faith, humility, endurance. In the NIV it would say love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's perhaps maybe what you're more used to. The law is not set against these things, but those who are of the Messiah... That's every believer. Have crucified their flesh with all its weaknesses and its cravings. We shall live, therefore, in the Spirit and surrender to the Spirit. We surrender to Jesus. We surrender to the Spirit. This is an exchange, beloved. This is a beautiful exchange. You see, you get all the love and the power and the glory of God in exchange for the yuck of this world. You see that? Who doesn't want that exchange? Who doesn't? Well, it belongs to you. It's just surrendering. It's just yielding. It's just allowing the Holy Spirit to speak to you. That's really all it is. Jesus is your brother. We are in a place. You see, you just speak to Jesus. You just yield your heart to Jesus. And you know, Jesus just comes, well, he's in you. You're in him. He's in you. You're one, right? One with the Father, one with Jesus, okay? I'm not going to go through all that today, but he's here with you, okay? He's here with you. He's walking with you. He's talking to you. Hallelujah. I can't go wrong. <laughs> so God calls us 
to holiness, right? He calls us, and he, but the thing about that is, he is so good and kind and gracious that he gives us everything we need to accomplish that, everything that we need to walk in that. 1 Thessalonians 5.23. But the God of peace shall make, oh, listen to this. This is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. This is your inheritance, beloved. The God of peace shall make all of you perfectly holy and shall keep your whole spirit, soul, and body without fault for the arrival of our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah. That is precious. That's a here and now word. That is a here and now word. That is your victory. That's who you are. That's how God sees you. Faithful is he who has called you. It is he who shall perform it. This is not of our own works. This is the indwelling Holy Spirit helping us. You see that? We do not have to struggle in our own strength. Hallelujah. We do not have to struggle in our own strength. He strengthens us. This Holy Spirit is here today performing God's will through us on this earth, in you. He sees you. God sees you as his perfected, finished work. You see that? He already sees you at the end. You understand that? You understand what I'm saying? Not in your failings and all, you know, like I say, the yuck of this world. So we are actually, as we grow in him, as we apply the word, we just stay submitted to the loving Holy Spirit, we are actually re-imaged. We are re-imaged into the likeness of Christ. We walk where he walks. We say what he says. We do what he tells us to do. We are re-imaged into his likeness. And his fruit becomes displayed through us. The fruit that we were talking about a little bit earlier. Okay, you got that? So, by crucifying our flesh, that's a good thing. That's a lovely thing. Okay? That's not really even difficult through the Holy Spirit. Because in the process of doing that, he gives us so much goodness that we're just happy to get rid of it. Right? I mean, he just comes and pours his goodness and say, hey, honey, this is the way. This is what I have for you. See this? Get this vision. See? And he just comes and, and he shows us truth and we're happy to get rid of the yuck because he's exchanging, we're exchanging that yuck for his glory. Wow. I want to live that way. You see, we, 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 we can. That's what he has for us in the here and now. This is not just some go to heaven thing. This is here. He needs us to do this here because he needs you to touch people here. <laughs> And he wants you, he wants you to walk in fullness here. Abundance, overflowing joy, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. So for me, if I were just thinking about this term sanctification, for me, I would think of it this way. And I'm no legal, I'm no legal scholar. <laughs> My background slipped out on me there. Uh theological scholar, our growth into the image of God by the indwelling Holy Spirit. That's, that's for me. That's how I look at it. Because I'm so thankful that I have a father that lets me grow up and isn't constantly reminding. I just take things to him and they're over. Amen. And he's not constantly remind me, right, reminding me of where I've fallen short. You see, he's allowing me to grow. 
He's allowing me to get better. Okay? So to me, it's my growth into the image of God by the indwelling Holy Spirit. So as I was studying, I was actually reading 1 Peter. Well, actually, yeah, 1 Peter. And so I was studying that, and, and we kind of took a break, and we went somewhere, Ken and I. And so I was sitting there, and I was praying, and then the Lord gave me this word after I had been studying 1 Peter. So I'm just going to read it to you so I can get it right, okay? Okay, this is the word that he gave me. As we relate to Christ's sufferings, we receive Christ's life. As we relate to Christ's sufferings, we receive Christ's life. Resurrected in us. Woo! That's power. Christ's life resurrected in us. This is how we love one another and are enabled to give the love of Christ to others. That his love and his presence would so invade our souls, mind, will, emotions, would so invade our souls that it would replace every sense of self with a sense of the sacrifice that Christ made for us, a total destruction of the unreborn fleshly nature that we too could sacrifice for one another. The sacrifice of love and not just of works, but works born from love. Through our faith in Jesus Christ. In this is resurrection life. In this we receive the power of Christ. In this is the finger of Christ writing his will on our hearts and transforming us into his very image and completing the fullness of his life in us. That's the word he gave me. Isn't he awesome? So we get to do this, beloved. We get to do this. We get to have this. <laughs> and it's all through the love of Christ. That's easy. All we have to do is receive the love of Christ. Because when we receive it, we're going to love him so much that we're just going to pour it out on everybody else and all the fear and the timidity and the, you know, all that just melts away. So anyway... We're going to go ahead and go through, and this is where I made y'all copies. We are going to go through 1 Peter. Not all of 1 Peter, just chapter 1. Okay? We're going to start, and we're going to look at what Peter had to say to us. We're going to start in verse 2. Those who have been chosen in the prior knowledge of God the Father... Okay, we've already explained this part. By sanctification of the Spirit, for obedience, and for the sprinkling of the blood of Yeshua, the Messiah, grace and peace be multiplied to you. So in yielding to the Holy Spirit, he's saying right here, in yielding to the Holy Spirit, we have our sanctification. Verse 3. Blessed is God the Father of our Lord Yeshua, the Messiah, he who in his great pity has begotten us again. Hallelujah. You've been begotten again. Reborn, new birth. By the resurrection of Yeshua, the Messiah, to the hope of life. 
So we are born again into a new hope, into life in his image, in his glory, here on the earth for you. And to an inheritance, this is your inheritance, beloved, which is indestructible, undefiled, and unfading, prepared for you in heaven. That's resurrection inheritance. That's resurrection in life belonging to you. While you are kept by the power of God, does that make you feel safe? to be kept by the power of God? That makes me feel wonderful. While you are kept by the power of God and by the faith, that's faith in Christ, for the life which is ready to be revealed in the last time. Well, I'm ready. The veil's been torn. Jesus has been revealed to me. Every day, a little more, I get a, I, I get a better picture but he's not keeping any secrets. Okay, are, is, this all, is this blessing, you guys? Okay, verse 6. In which life you shall rejoice for eternity. Yes, we will rejoice for eternity, but look what it says. Although at this time you are a bit weary. Have, do any of you ever feel weary with the things of life? So see, he's talking to us in the here and now. This is not just like when we go to live with him eternally. Because he's talking about this life. He's saying, although at this time you are a bit weary with various temptations which suddenly come upon you. So it's not that the temptation won't come. But the scripture tells us that he always gives us a way out. Always. So that... The proof of your faith may appear. See that? The, the proof of your faith. Your faith in Jesus. The proof of it. He's saying, appear now for you. This beautiful inheritance that is indestructible and unfading. So that the proof of your faith may appear, which is worth more than refined gold tried in the fire for glory and honor and praise at the revelation of Yeshua the Messiah. Him whom you have not seen, and yet you love. How can you love him? Because he first loved you. Right? Him whom you have not seen, and yet you love, and in his faith, faith in him, you greatly rejoice with glorious joy which cannot be spoken. Hallelujah. Glorious joy that you may receive that you may receive the reward of your faith in Jesus you <coughs> are meant to receive the reward of your faith the life of your souls that's powerful the life of your souls. The life of your souls. Your mind, will, emotion. Renewed, regenerated. Brought to new life by the washing of the word. You don't have to live in the old mind. You see? He has a resurrection life-mindedness for you. Here. Okay? Casting down every evil imagination that exalts itself against the word of God and replacing it with the living, active word. The sharp, two-edged sword that divides between the flesh and the spirit. The joints and the marrow. And judges the intents and purposes of the heart. That's what we have. And it'll divide it for us and help us and it, it gives us revelation so that we can cast down the old and walk in the new. Walk in the ascended life. Walk in the open heaven. Walk in streams of glory. <clears throat> that you may receive the reward of your faith. So it's for you. 
the life of your souls. So go down to verse 11, and it's talking about the prophets, and it says, And they searched for what time the Spirit of Messiah, who dwelt in them, revealed and testified. Listen to this. This is awesome. That the sufferings of the Messiah were coming, and his glory, which was after that. So, when we crucify our flesh, when we join in the suffering, we don't stop there. We don't walk away and walk around and say, I'm an unworthy sinner. Because he didn't leave us there. You see? It says here, and testified that the sufferings of the Messiah were coming and his glory after that. I get his glory after that. And all I have to do is come and say, okay, show me what I need to move by the Holy Spirit, Lord. What do you want to dig out of me? What kind of chaff do you want to get rid of? I am willing. That's all you got to do. I'm willing. And then what do you get? You get his glory. Yeah. Hallelujah. Do you know that that's what we get here, though? I mean, we, we are walking. You are his glory carriers. You are the light and shining glory of Jesus. Any place you, rely, you allow him to renew you. And it's renewal. Who wants that old death anyway? Right? We get to walk in the renewed glory of God in our beings. Right here, he's with you. His presence surrounds you. His presence is in you. He is strong and mighty in you. He is a here and now God. A God that loves you so much that he subjected himself to every sin so that you could live in his glory here. His very presence. Do you realize that? He's not holding anything back. His very presence welling up in you. A sweet aroma to everyone around you. Wow. I can barely move on. I mean, couldn't you just camp in the glory all day, your whole life? And you know you carry it with you. He knows the things you're going to go through every day. He knows the difficulties that are going to come. But his touch, he doesn't withdraw that. His presence enveloping you. Wow. that the sufferings of the Messiah were coming and his glory, which was after that. Just tell me how I can crucify anything that you want crucified, Lord, because I'm after your glory. And I don't even have to be after it. I just have to lay out my flesh And you've given it. I don't even have to chase it down. I just get rid of the yuck. Wow. And it was revealed to all those who were searching 
pretty easy. <laughs> it was revealed to all those who were searching because they were not inquiring for themselves, but for us. They were prophesying of those things belonging to us which are now revealed to you by those things in which we have evangelized you, okay? The word and the prophets. By the spirit of holiness. So you have it. The Holy Spirit, you have it. There's nothing more that you need. You do not have to keep grasping. You have it. You have Holy Spirit. Spirit, who is sent from heaven into which things the angels have also desired to gaze because of this, this great, this grand, this glorious inheritance, this undefilable inheritance, this indestructible inheritance, this unfailing inheritance, this unfading inheritance. Because of this, gird up the loins of your mind. Wash it with the word. Renew it with the word. Remember a couple weeks ago when we studied and it says his mind is greater? Give me the greater mind of my father. Gird up the loins of your mind. Be perfectly attentive. Be attentive to him. Be attentive to the word. Be attentive to the Holy Spirit and hope for the joy which is coming to you. It's a given. You see that? We must hope. We must keep the hope. Jesus Christ is the hope of glory. To you in the revelation of our Lord Yeshua the Messiah. He will be revealed in you more and more. Saturate yourself in his love. Saturate yourself in his word. Stay yielded, stay pliable, stay teachable. Walk into the brotherhood. You see? Do this, and you receive the glory of the resurrection in your life now. As obedient children, and do not be partaking again of your former lusts, which you were lusting without knowledge. So the Holy Spirit comes, and he just helps us. He pours the love of Jesus into us, and he just helps us get rid of all that stuff, and we don't even have a desire to do it anymore. See? Supernatural impartation, supernatural transformation of our hearts. But the holy ones in your entire way of life. Oh, Lord, I lay before you now my entire way of life. I give it to you. I give it to you. My entire way of life. All of my thoughts. All of my words. The things I hear. The things I see. The things I do. I grant them unto you, Lord Jesus. I give them to you. Whatever's there that doesn't please you, Lord, just burn it out. I give you full permission. In Jesus' name. Because I know that you reward my faith in you and that you bring me more and more into your image and likeness. And I just want to be a walking, talking Jesus. But be holy ones in your entire way of life as he who has called you is 
holy. Because it is written, be holy just as I am holy. You see, but he doesn't tell us to do anything that he hasn't already given us the tools to accomplish. The Holy Spirit will employ God's will in you. You see that? He will. He will finish it in you. Because we're yielded believers. And if you call upon the Father, pretty simple, just call upon the Father. Help me in my weakness. Help me see it your way. If there's anything in me that's not pleasing to you, just help me get rid of it. Just, just root it out. Come on, Holy Spirit, just do a new work. I'm willing. <laughs> the heart of the king is in the hand of the Lord. I put my heart in your hand. And if you call upon the Father, now this is the kind of Father you serve, he who has no respect of persons and judges every person according to his works. So he's, he's not against you. He's not, you know, trying to find fault. He, he, he doesn't like some of you, love some of you better than others. You know? And if you call upon the Father, live your life in reverence in this time of pilgrimage. As we are journeying here, what are you journeying into? You are journeying into resurrected life, resurrection life. The suffering and the resurrection, that's your pilgrimage here. Jesus' life, Christ's likeness here, ascended life, open heaven life, the promises of God life, without fault, without defilement, unfading, every promise of the word. Glory be. As you know that you were redeemed from your worthless works, which you receive from your fathers. That's why it tells us to be transformed and not to follow after the traditions of men. See, we just seek the Holy Spirit, not with silver, which wears out, neither with gold, but with the precious blood of the Lamb who has no blemish or defilement in him who is the Messiah. Hallelujah. His blood. The Lord, when, once you are saved, the Lord sees you through the blood of Christ. And it says, no blemish or defilement. He cleanses us from all unrighteousness when we go to him. Yes. Hallelujah. You can look that up in 1 John. He has appointed, well, let's skip down to 22. So that your souls would be sanctified in obedience to the truth. This will do the cleaning. By the way, you don't need to clean up your brother or your sister. Okay? Let the Holy Spirit do the work. Okay? But the Holy Spirit will do the work. Your souls, mind, will, emotions, will be sanctified in obedience to the truth. Thank you, Lord, that that is a promise for me and for you. And, and, that they would be filled. Oh, this is so beautiful. And that they would be filled with love, without partiality. See, that's how God loves us, without partiality. He loves you, beloved. He loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you, loves you. He does not remove his love when you mess up, okay? And he doesn't love little Missy over there who's at the church every Sunday doing a whole bunch of works more than he loves you because you're at home watching kids and you can't be at the church. You get the point? In other words, you're not to look at another person. You're not to look this way. You're not to compare yourself with others. You see, that's what I'm saying. 
You have one standard. You have one lover of your souls. And that's where you look, and that's where the heart transformation comes, because our desire is to love him back. Hallelujah. And that they be filled with love without partiality, that you would be loving one another from a pure and perfect heart. The love of Christ allows us to love one another with a pure and perfect heart. Our sanctification unto him, the image of Christ in us, welling up to love others. You see, in here, you cannot just identify with the suffering part. Can't do that. That leaves out the resurrection. You must identify with both. The resurrection power of the Lord Jesus Christ. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Resurrection from the dead life. Okay, and we have to identify with both or you are not understanding who he is in you. The power and the presence. As persons, oh, by the way, where it says here, a pure and perfect heart, you see, that's, that's what sanctification, that's what crucifying the flesh, that's what that accomplishes, okay? As persons who have been born again, not from fallible seed, not from imperfect seed, not from seed that doesn't accomplish what it was planted to do, you see that? Not from fallible seed, but that which is infallible. Infallible. No spot, no blemish. Complete power. Bringing the harvest. Infallible. No fault. No diminishment. Nothing lacking. Nothing broken. Nothing missing. By the living word of God. It says, living word of God. That's Hebrews 4. Double-edged sword. Living and active. Living and active word that divides between the soul and the spirit, the joints and the marrow, discerning the intentions of the heart, living alive, working in you, transforming flesh into, into spirit life by the living word of God, which stands for eternity. Because all flesh is grass, and all its beauty as the blossom of the field, the grass withers, the blossom fades, and the word of our God stands for eternity. And this is that word by which you have been evangelized. That's what you have. And I'm just going to go briefly into the second chapter, just the first two verses, so don't, don't get impatient. <laughs> therefore, therefore, because of all this glory that is for you, this hope that is for you, this life that is for you, therefore, put away from you all wickedness, all treasury, partiality, envy, and slander, and be as nursing infants and yearn for the word as for pure and spiritual milk by which you shall grow strong for life. Guaranteed, you will grow strong for life for your life, but for life more abundantly, you will grow strong for life. So, Jesus, the Holy Spirit, getting back to the word that he gave me, will always, always 
defend you, help you, strengthen you, undergird you, when you demonstrate, when you give out the sacrificial love of Jesus, when we allow the sacrificial love of him to come out, when it means we have to put ourselves down, I don't mean down like critical down, but maybe behind, maybe that's a better word. He will always, when you do that, bring you the promised resurrection life into that area of your life. He will not fail you. The sacrifice of Jesus did not fail. The sacrifice of Jesus gave resurrected life. See that? So when we walk in the love of Christ, the sacrifice of self, the crucifixion of self, when we can see into the needs of others, the heart needs, he resurrects himself in us. It belongs to us. Hallelujah. He, and as we lay ourselves down, he works those fruit in us. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, humbleness, self-control. You see? And we get to walk in that. So it is our great pleasure to do the will of God through the empowering of the Holy Spirit crucifying the flesh and living in Yeshua, Jesus Christ, revealed through us. So that's what the Lord had me, I believe, had. Oh, actually, after, I, after the Lord gave me this message, he said, read this to you guys. So this is in in Romans 6, verse 4. I guess this is just a confirmation of the word. We were buried with him in baptism into death, for as Yeshua the Messiah arose from among the dead in the glory of his Father, in this way also we shall walk in new life. Hallelujah. Isn't that an awesome word? Listen. For if we have been planted as one with him in the likeness of his death, in this way also shall we be in his resurrection. Hallelujah. For we know that our old person was crucified with him, that the body of sin would be destroyed, and we shall not again serve sin. I declare that over you. You shall not again serve sin. This is a day of freedom and a day of liberation in every area of your life. For whoever is dead has been freed from sin. So we die unto him in ourselves. We become freed from sin. If therefore we are dead with the Messiah, see that's the identification with him and his crucifixion. If therefore we are dead with the Messiah, let us believe that we shall live with the Messiah. That is power, beloved. That is for you right now. For we know that the Messiah arose from the place of the dead and he shall not die again and death has no authority over him. For he who died to sin died one time and because he lives, he is living to God. In this way, in this way, also, consider yourselves that you are dead to sin and that you are living to God in our Lord, Yeshua the Messiah. 
Sin shall not therefore reign in your dead body so that you shall obey its desires. No, 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 no. No, no, no. Neither shall you present your members as weapons of evil for sin, but present yourselves to God as people who are alive from the dead, and your members shall be weapons for the righteousness of God. I am a weapon for the righteousness of God. You say that. I am a weapon for the righteousness of God. My children are weapons for the righteousness of God. So be it. Because he said it. And I receive it. Hallelujah. So, that was today's message. (laughs) Isn't God fun? Isn't he awesome?